Namaste. I am still overwhelmed with the wonderful chant, the Guru Strot. It will take me some time because I just went into the Guru of Gurus who resides in our hearts, who dwells in each and every element of creation. So just bear with me for a few minutes. I can't help but speak about the Guru. <laughs> One of the highest form of relation which has been much distorted today because, uh, you know, in ancient times, Guru never was never paid for what he taught because uh, of the basic truth underlying all knowledge that knowledge doesn't belong to anyone. Knowledge is infinite, its source is infinite and those who are teachers in the true sense, not by degree or something, they are recipients of this infinite knowledge because of a certain kind of tapas they have engaged in. And when they distribute this knowledge, they are simply distributors, they are receivers and transmitters of this knowledge. And none can claim right to this knowledge because it, you know, it belongs to everyone, it's inbuilt in, the, in each grain of sand. So how did they sustain themselves in ancient times? The method was that uh, gurus never asked for money, but it was either the state which looked after them or there was this idea of Guru Dakshina. That is how it was sustained because the moment money comes in, whether it be medicine or uh, teaching or any other profession, it tends to bring in an element of corruption. But nevertheless, the great teachers who have shown us the light, who continue to show us the light and uh, there is a difference here also which I would like to uh, share a little bit on information, knowledge and wisdom. Information, now the role of teachers to give information is over because it's available on, you know, click button. But what this information means, what is its essence, that is knowledge. Information keeps changing, but knowledge is the base. And when you distill knowledge, then you have wisdom. And the sign of wisdom that there is true wisdom which is pouring in is actually ananda. It comes from truth which is ananda. It creates the sense of harmony and delight within. So this is uh, so wonderful. Another thing in this sukti is very interesting. Guru Brahma Vishnu Maheshwara. So we all are well versed with this. But what it really means as Brahma, he creates something new inside. He is not giving us stale knowledge. He is not picking up copy-pasting. You know, I use the word copy-pasting gurus <laughs> from here and there. So it's not a scholarly wisdom. He is opening doors to a new insight, something new. So that's the Brahma aspect. Vishnu, the knowledge that we have already acquired, he consolidates it into with the new knowledge that he is going to impart. He is not rejecting or throwing it away, but giving it a new meaning and a new understanding. And as Shiva... He destroys all that is false, all that is avidya, all that stands in the way of knowledge. All the obscurities that are impediments to knowledge. So, and of course as Par Brahma, he is everywhere and the greatest gift that one can, uh, you know, receive from a true guru is that one's eye is open to receive him everywhere. One can learn from the babble of a child. If one is ready to do that, that means one has arrived at true, <laughs> if one is a true student. And the best homage we can pay to a guru, it's not, uh, of course, there are several ways people pay, is to live and embody those teachings, those truths that the guru has re 
you know, released within us. So all our gratitude to the great masters and of course Shurabindu and the mother who continue to inspire us and guide us and help us, most importantly, carry us. So today's uh, topic is on relationships uh, because um, uh, it is, of course, one of the most fascinating things. Uh, often people ask this question, why God created many? Why did he enter into this drama? He could have just remained single, <laughs> but he wanted many. So the answer, there are many answers to it, but um, one answer is that it is too boring to remain single. You know, you want many. <laughs> but <laughs> this is semi-humorously, but truly speaking, when you have many, then you have a kind of delight of multiplicity which you don't experience in a delight of aloneness. It, there is a delight when you are alone, but there is this delight multiplies by sharing. Now, this is not to speak of, uh, please, when I say single and not single, it has nothing to do with marriage. So, please, let's, you know, keep that out of the system. Marriage is more of a, um, now it's dated, but it sprang up as a kind of social necessity at some point of time. But there is something else which is at the base of it and we'll come to that a little later. But he wanted to multiply the delight. There is another uh, important element when one becomes two and two becomes many is that there is a power which can manifest in creation which otherwise is not there. And that power is love. If there is no otherness of self, there can be no love. So to manifest love. And with that, let me tell, that, uh, tell you that the greater the contrast that we experience in life around, the greater the power of love that can manifest. It's a great opportunity. So divine, what did he do? Just the very opposite. That's what we read. He became his shadow. Why? Because then only this greater, tremendous power of love which can plunge into creation. So this love requires anotherness of self. And the third is the joy of rediscovery. You know, it's a great joy when we meet, when we long, and then there is a union. Very often when things happen without this longing, this waiting, then the joy is also, the value is also much less. But when there is this longing and yearning, and then there is a meeting, it creates its own. You know, like olden time cinemas, where two brothers separated in Mela, and then they discover each other suddenly in a very strange situation, where they are at each other's throat, and suddenly they discover there is a common tabis they are wearing, and then, oh bhaiya. Now, you know, this joy that you discover the essence, it's very this is a very symbolic story which used to come, didn't see it like that that time, that regardless of all appearances, there is something which you recognize in the other person. Here it used to be the tabid, but the sight of tabid, the heart, there is something still deeper there. And this recognition is a great aha feeling. Something which is tremendous, you can't have if you are just, you know, uh, so divine knew all these kinds of joys which he was waiting to manifest and therefore we have this rich and varied creation. Now when we use the word relationship, generally there is a tendency to think of human relationship. And yes, that is will be largely the focus. But actually, lest we, uh, you know, we sometimes become too egocentric when we think about only humanity. Often people say the ultimate quest is humanitarianism or humanity. Now, you know, imagine a scenario where human beings unite and destroy the earth, where human beings unite and start conquering other civilization. What about these other brothers and sisters and children of the same universal mother? 
So relationship is an all-encompassing phenomena. And if we try to do it only at the human level, it won't work because there is a fundamental error there. A heart endowed with, with love, true love, is not only having love towards, you know, some human beings. It feels that love spilling over whole creation. So if we really want to embody that power, the basis of all relationship is love, of course, as I said in the beginning. And the joy of finding, the joy of discovery, the joy of togetherness, the joy of intimacy, which is the ultimate. But this love should be reaching out to every element in creation, including the most inanimate matter. Now, the day we understand this aspect, then we will understand the secret of relationship. Otherwise, we will only talk about human relationship. So, relationship is an all-encompassing phenomena. This was something very well understood in Indian thought. Very often people say, Ki, you know, why people were worshipping the sun, the rivers and earth. Well, today we are talking about it, but in another way. We talk about the paryavaran and all this, but it, it is inbuilt. Why not? Why not when dancers go to the stage, have you noticed they touch the Mother Earth because, you know, she has to support the dance. Similarly, every morning there used to be Surya Vandana. This Surya Vandana is not just a mechanical thing, it's an inanimate object. No, behind every inanimate object, there is the divine presence. And when we recognize it, that objects, people, subjects, everything else is a representation of that deeper reality, then the relationship becomes very enriching. Let's take a very human example. Now, relationship between two human beings can be at a very outer level. Or, you know, and the outer level itself has several shades. But supposing the day you recognize that it is not just a human being, but he is the indwelling universal. We are connecting with the divine, wearing a certain mass, and all relationships are masks of the divine. Just imagine how it will change. I am reminded of a little story where in a monastery everything and this happens in homes also and everywhere. So but in a monastery nothing was working out. You know they started losing money people because they were fighting all the time, all the time fighting. Between among them they were fighting. Human beings have this penchant for quarreling. I mean, it's so strange that two human beings together, <laughs> it starts rubbing because of the ego structures and all but uh, that a little later. So uh, now they didn't know what to do. So, then they went and um, consulted a, a, a very um, a seer, a monk, a sage. And he said, okay, I will come and see things. And he saw and, you know, he said, okay, I'll talk to each one of you separately. But you won't tell what I am telling you to somebody else. So, he spoke something to each one. And then he went away. And then everything, after few days, started improving Everything improved, money came, people came and the monastery grew up like anything. They became very friendly. So one day they sat together that he did some magic. But what was the magic? So they said, okay, let's share with each other what he really said. He said the same thing to everyone that one of you here is God. Now this was enough now to remember. He didn't say who. One of you here is God. So now you know you deal every, with everybody that you know, who knows, he may be God. And so the whole relationship changes. So the basis of people often think spirituality is disconnected with this world, with life. What about my relationship? Of course, spirituality will enrich relationship. Right now we are treating people in frames. We put them into slots. We categorize them. And with that comes all the paraphernalia 
of society and we rub with each other but the day we begin to understand that everybody is a god wearing a mask agreed some mask may be very terrible yes still it is a mask mask is not the reality and while we have to deal with the mask depending on how the mask is but we have to never forget the one who is wearing the mask so something very interesting that shirobindo tells us some key words based on which we can understand every phenomena including relationship first thing it reveals to us is a hierarchy of consciousness you know we have this we have forgotten it it existed in ancient time but modern mind doesn't believe in hierarchy you know it's like gone but there is a truth of hierarchy whether we believe in it or not truths of nature remain so by hierarchy is meant that even though uh, humanity is same and yet it is graded in an evolutionary hierarchy and this is beautifully revealed in the parable of the 10 avatars that we see that till vamana you have either animal forms semi animal human and the human but after vamana you have human forms it's very interesting because within humanity there is an evolution going on which creates in hierarchy and according to the state of consciousness or the level of consciousness on which we stand such will be the nature of relationship and unless we shift there is not going to be any change i know people who come and say how much i have tried how much i have tried so i ask them that what have you tried oh we have discussed we have spent so many hours days to mend things sort out things so i have to tell them it can't be sorted out like that so what is the way to shift consciousness either you shift your consciousness or the other person shifts ideally is both shift but that's very rare so if one person shifts the consciousness at least he is able to now look upon the whole thing in a very different way for example when we look upon those who are struggling and you know who cannot um, uh, do things according to how we understand because this is another big problem in human nature that we have an innocent need Uh, it's universal that everybody should uh, either think the way we do or actually thinks the way we do it takes a long time to understand that this is not true at all because god loves variety simply <laughs> you can't help it he loves to make a nice khichdi with all the ingredients and frankly if everybody thought the same way if everybody felt the same way if everybody wore the same dress did the same thing it'll be very very boring world the idea of multiplicity is gone if everybody is same so this i mean there is no otherness of self so a good relationship is not about uniformity a good relationship is about something else and that's what we need to explore but nevertheless the important element is that relationships should keep evolving if the this the another keyword shurbindo says if they don't evolve it is the law of life that if things don't progress they will start going down this we just can't help it that's why we see the human body beyond a point why because there is a shift from the physical to the mental you see children around nowadays very early so physical grows up to a point and after that you know it begins to come down because the stress is changed the mind keeps growing now mind may keep growing growing to a point there is something else which has to come out so if we don't keep evolving there will be a tendency for things to knowledge will become still mental knowledge after a while doesn't satisfy us because we have stopped growing we are growing along one dimension so what are the levels of course mother gives very beautiful clue at one place she says if you have the consciousness of an animal your love will be like an animal if you have the consciousness of a human your love will be like a human if you have the consciousness of a god your love will be like a god 
so it's the state of consciousness so we have and it starts from where from the utter subconscious there are beings human beings of course we all wear the human mask but our consciousness may be rooted in subconscious patterns we can't break free from that and then the relationship is very very based on the pattern of that age of that society it may even be rakshasic and asuric if we go back to you know uh, uh what is asuric kind of relationship where one person wants to dominate and control completely that's what uh, one may be an extremely intellectual person asuras are very very intelligent they may be educated in harvard university not that it is the best now it is crumbling now after all the things but yet the asura is a type and wherever he goes he wants to stamp his single will on everyone extremely dominating completely controlling and you know he is a control freak as they call in modern language now there have been societies which were like that at one point of time but this is not the good way to connect with people and when we do that then we realize that this relationship is not going it's like totally counterproductive because it stifles the other person's growth relationship should not be like that when we do that kind of assume in the in the reign of an asura nobody grows except this one person his ideology his thoughts so we have now ideologies which are going around the world who wants to you know stamp their own way of life and thought upon everyone and it's so dangerous because life must evolve in multifaceted way so this is one kind then we have a more animal based relationship what is animal based relationship where the center of a relationship is primarily food mating having children and house the whole structure of relationship is around this and if this is missing in in this is the main thing of course there are some emotional exchanges and everything else but this is the most important center that's more like an animal there is emotions animals can be very emotional so it's not about being emotional or not but it is centered around these things <coughs> and that is one thing which i feel happens in marriage because you know it's it may start very well but knowingly unknowingly because human life is unfortunately today uh, or perhaps in every age was so much externally centered that life begins to revolve around it what is the food we are going to eat which restaurant are we going to do what house we are going to make where will we make it so it becomes so much externalized that there is very little time to really go within stand and stare to share some common beautiful aspirations in fact one doesn't even know what aspiration is what is that which one is seeking so this is the second level which is like an animal and uh, we know its uh, consequences so you know when we run after appearances what happens uh, the third kind of relationship is more human now human comes with the touch of care affection tenderness this is what is the essence of human relationship it's not just about what i am getting but what i can give so this is how it starts so we can use this also on a scale of um, you know hierarchy of nature and then we can see there are tamasic relationship according to gunas which are which sustain themselves or drag themselves mechanically simply because two people are tied together and most of these relationships are based on either physical proximity or physical birth it's very strange even relations of brothers and sisters can be like that or you know parent and child can be like that because it's based on the physical circumstances of birth similarly relation with uh, ship with you know my kind of people so it can be very much rooted in 
a purely tamasic link you know how ever seen people when they speak the same language suddenly they feel an affinity now this is because it's all rooted in common custom common culture now common traditions so this is we may glorify it but it's essentially still based on a kind of mechanical sense of togetherness people may visit the same place of worship let us say follow the same customs yet inside there may be a deep deep variations and when it is based only on something as external and mechanically there are people who uh, now of course uh, modern society is throwing up many challenges and people have the courage to move beyond but there was a time when uh, because two people were together they had to just continue because they had no choice it it was a tamasic the relationship entered into a tamasic mode neither was growing and life was so frustrating because uh, this relationship has reached its point every relationship has a kind of potential and a point it reaches now either you have to go past it but if you live within it and want to seek everything within its framework its framework is over because it cannot go beyond this frame now because people don't understand it they start seeking relationship elsewhere but that's not needed what is needed is that you grow you have to grow up to a point through a framework that framework is gone but nobody stops us from going in our journey further and if necessary something may well come in our life or someone make well come in our life now this is how we have to look at the entire evolutionary process then there are relationship which are more of a rajasic kind which are give and take unfortunately most of the relationships are like that it starts with what i can get what you give me then i will decide what i will give you and obviously this is the worst kind of give and take a better one is i will give though it is also not the very best and then i also want so this give and take are the kind of relationship where uh, and different kinds of givings are there it's not just money there can be emotional giving there can be intellectual sharing it's it's all right but it's still a rajasic relationship based on give and take and because it's centered around the vital there is in it still the tendency towards fight towards the ego structures coming in and creating difficulties and problems and challenges because uh, we all want to preserve and maintain the ego structures even in giving and in receiving so this creates a kind of rub constantly but this is what most human beings engage in then there is another kind of relationship based purely on duty dharma nobility uh, that well whatever it be there are people who keep their promises for life and they believe that regardless of anything i will continue with what is my duty it's all right it's a very good high sattvic kind of relationship but it can never give the kind of deep satisfaction that we are looking for in a relationship very often when we start living for the sake of duty duty itself becomes mechanical and um, after a while the joy you know the sign that there is love in a relationship very simply joy if if uh, any two beings or three beings or 10 beings whatever they find joy in each other should know that there is love if they have stopped finding joy in each other whatever outwardly be professed love has somewhere taken a back seat i won't say love has passed away it never passes away but it it grows it needs to you know um love is that flame it it once it is lit it wants to include every aspect every corner of a being so this is the fourth important aspect that relationships must evolve 
and evolve to become all encompassing now what happens when people whether we take let's take a marriage scenario or two people meeting outwardly is of course can be various reasons but marriages were of two kinds and people often ask which is better love marriage or uh, you know uh, arranged marriage well both are as good and as bad let me tell you though i personally feel that it's better to love and <laughs> and lose than to have never loved at all but having said that the point is both start in some kind of a surface understanding typical love is also you know appearances or oh, very nice i gel very well and it's based on that now it's very good nature has just used something to light up a spark but if the spark doesn't grow into a flame and a fire it's going to peter out after some time in arranged marriage there is another kind of spark but done by some other people you know you have the photographs you have the bank balance you have the um, astrologers stepping in and all kinds of people but it is not based on the depths so it this is just a spark start of a relationship is very easy but much more difficult to sustain it why because love is like that it is shobindo describes love as the most dissatisfied god godhead why because it is seeking two things which are very difficult almost impossible for human relationship and what are the two things it seeks intensity okay intensity is possible but it also seeks eternity of union so intensity of union can be there but a vital intensity is not going to last but eternity of union cannot be created on the basis of an ego structure or a vital basis it has to be a deeper basis so two people if they really really want to develop a lasting relationship it has to be on an evolutionary basis otherwise they may reach a point after which they just continue to live together and they are happy within that frame if that is possible they arrive at a kind of uh, happy harmony which is all right but the relationship has stopped evolving and the purpose of a relationship is over it should evolve together that's why the the wonderful i keep on speaking about the ritual in a marriage where there is agni at the center so agni is the fire of aspiration so beyond these three levels three gunas there is a higher kind of relationship these three are belong to the Uh, inferior ego mode and in that ego mode there will be rubbings there will be quarrels there will be anger there will be anguish and over a period of time uh, either bound by duty or bound by okay now this is my fate they quarrel they separate then they miss then they come together when they come together they quarrel so again they separate then they miss and they come together this is the rajasic mode or simply they continue together this is a very inferior mode of relationship based within the framework of lower nature it's required for us human beings to get some experience of life but there are higher modes of relationships and they are based on something truer deeper and higher now what is the truer basis of relationship it cannot be in the ego structures ego structures by their nature are limited they don't carry that plasticity to keep evolving they can last ego relationship if both have stopped growing beyond a point but if we want the relationship to be based on something true then the framework has to change the ground has to shift that's what i meant that shifting of the ground so shifting of the ground from the surface it becomes something deeper what is known as a psychic relationship and the mother gives a beautiful example of that uh, you know there was a story of anusuya shown in 
the ashram premises and some of us may know this story or some of us may not know it's a very beautiful story and the story goes that narada tells all the three gods uh, goddesses that you know you people think that uh, uh, you all have so much love for your husband but uh, earthly earthlings they can love truly they can love based on something much deeper which no god can love like that and so they they don't like it so they come to find out who this person narada is referring to and is referring to this lady called as anusuya now anusuya the word means without jealousy imagine a relationship like that anyway so anusuya all the three goddesses go and ask anus uh, ask anusuya um all the three gods they come so they go to their husbands to go and test how steadfast she is in her love so they go and they assume the form of uh, mendicants and they ask her we want to eat do you have some food to give and she says yes so they come inside and they say but you know what we are sanyasins so you have to feed us uh, bare bodied and we'll sit in your lap and eat now this is a very awkward uh, situation for her but she says all right no problem she turns them into little babies now first the story then it's deeper sense so they they feed with their hands as little babies and then she puts them to sleep now the three goddesses are worried where have our husbands gone they have not come back and then they come and ask her that by by chance did the three great gods come here and she says yes they are sleeping inside go and pick them up now this story though outwardly it seems uh, very strange but it is very deep and when mother was asked about this story she saw she said only human beings can love like this because they have within them the psychic presence which the gods don't have so what is there in this story it is very interesting story that we often speak about steadfastness in love now we also speak about you know we have certain fixed formats like if two grown ups are meeting there def- necessarily a kind of whole paraphernalia comes in but here she treats everyone else like a child they have become like children this child is not just uh, you know there can be a very grown up it breaks the formats in the mind these are three grown up men and here is a woman just imagine the scenario and she has to feed them alone in the house a husband is away but in her consciousness she is so Uh, so evolved that all the three turn into little children by the power of a consciousness she becomes like a mother and these three gods who have come to test her um, whatever you know chastity and all they become like children and this there is another very interesting thing about this story um, you know we often speak about chastity chastity is a thing of the mind much more than of the body and that's where it's so difficult while one can be outwardly very chaste but the mind is a public house so truly to engage in a deeper form of relationship there has to be a yoga that's why uh, for everything in ancient time whether to be a good teacher you had to be a yogi similarly to be a good husband or wife uh, unfortunately husbands are not uh, so much you know uh, they are almost unfit candidates for true love so you know all the onus went on to the ladies <laughs> people often say why only ladies should be sati uh, why can't husbands be sata for a simple reason they are unfit 
because uh, only women can love like that it's a fact it's i mean let me tell you with all the experience of life that i have i must say that um, uh, a woman left to herself has it in her but unfortunately because the way society is functioning now there is an imitative aspect that a woman should become like men the original file has got corrupted but if you leave it to a woman in her womanhood she can truly love with all the steadfastness one of the letters shurbindo says uh, love affection care tenderness fidelity they are all qualities of the psychic only psychic love can have it i often have seen this and i i mean with this kind of experience with uh, dealing with so many people people often come and complain that you know i am touching upon a subject but we are all psychologists and we can touch you know that uh, my husband or wife you know they had some kind of an affair or something so i listen you know if you look into the universal history and the studies you will find most people go through it it just that everybody wears a nice bandage over the eyes and it's good to wear a bandage it's okay because there's a whole undercurrent of life but uh, i ask them that what is the basis of your relationship so there is only one kind of relationship where trust me that there can be no way of any waywardness and that is if it is rooted deep within in the soul it will bring that element it you just can't help it the moment it is rooted in the soul your mind thought feelings will just align of course it requires a certain degree of working there can be a possibility that soul is in one kind of state and nature is going disarray but generally if one has even tried a little bit of alignment of things to the soul but what people do is they try to align to another person don't do that you can't each one is unique align yourself to the soul and to the seeking of the soul and you will see that the relationship becomes better it's so strange people waste a lot of time in trying to align to someone else it's an impossibility you may try everything all your life but always there will be this tumhari saadi mein wo wala daag kahan se laga okay so please don't try that it's a waste of time and energy all these nights of debates discussions and trying to i have tried to mold myself nobody is expected to be molded according to somebody else we all have our own programs pre programmed but what we can do and must do if we want a relationship to be beautiful to be not only harmonious but have all the joy of steadfastness and all those things that we seek root it in the soul and how are we going to root it in the soul if we have never discovered our own so you know when somebody asked shurbindo he said you know we are we believe that love friendship affection tenderness care fidelity they are indispensable notes but we have found by experience that it cannot it cannot be done as long as the relationships are rooted in the ego and we see them broken at each instant and it's very painful see divine wants here to have harmony very often i have seen people speak such words oh this thing broke and you know there was so much unhappiness it is really a grace that now i can turn to god please we can take it as a grace but divine doesn't want disharmony he wants everything to evolve harmoniously why would he want to break hearts and break homes and it's a different thing that we should take it like that it's all right it's our attitude but we should not impose it on the divine he wants things to grow harmoniously but when it doesn't happen 
doesn't happen things break apart it's very unfortunate so the the secret is to go from the surface to the deeps and to connect with the deep soul aspiration how are we going to do it you see in a typical relationship what do people ask they ask okay where do you live how many people are at home or they have this kundalini mismatch i use the word mismatch rather than match because who can say exactly your time of birth and all that you know <laughs> it's all nowadays even people uh, fake kundalis are made you know how are you going to make sure this is the exact one but any because you you, you see the man who makes the kundli never really asks you for your original birth certificate in the time he goes by whatever you say and you can get it made a good one based on whatever you want <laughs> so all this is all dated uh, it had its truth has some truth but no one really practices in that true way so normally we ask all these outer things and we are very happy we are at the most see some taste tendency oh you like this movie i also like it very much wonderful so we are a good match but this is not the thing the real thing is what is your goal of life what is the aspiration now most people are not even aware of their aspiration and yet imagine a scenario where based on all these outer things people have got together and suddenly in one person there is an actual ex, you know explosion and the deeper aspiration is emerged it can happen in life what happens then you have to connect with it and if you don't connect with it it becomes a chaos and i have some very interesting examples of this kind of connection which can change the life of both human beings because in any kind of relationship or any kind of thing in the world there is a hierarchy the deeper and the higher are higher and truer that has to be respected so i know of a husband and wife who uh, the wife was very much turned towards mother and shirbindo and she wanted to come here spend some time but the husband was you know what is all this you know all all this is all drama typical you know life eat drink and be merry um, no real higher goals nothing beyond religiosity so uh, she would tell him that okay i am going to my father father yes you can go so one month she will say i am going to my father but two days she will be with the father and rest of the days in ashram near mother uh, because you know once you are you are you have tasted that nectar it's very difficult to Uh, you know anything else can assuage your thirst and the father understood uh, fathers always understand they are supposed to understand <laughs> if they don't understand it's it's very sad so he understood her aspiration and she would go one day it so happened that this man is going on the train and he says give me a book you know to read on the way and she gives her, him the book the mother uh, and he reads and his life changes after that he connected with the aspiration and this aspiration has i have seen the journey it is something so beautiful that then it doesn't matter whether you are living in the same roof or not because you are connected in such a deep state of oneness and i have seen quite a few relationships like very very few not quite a few but very few but i have seen that these relationships go beyond the framework of time and space because you have connected with that element within which is not confined to space time continuum the psychic in us is through many lives and will go through you know many lives so when we use words like janam janam ka phera be careful first of all are you serious about it do you really want you know <laughs> to spend <laughs> lives also because it will be false if it is said in a state of you know uh, 
uh, vital aggrandizement that you know forever forever can apply only to the psychic it cannot apply to anything else only in a soul state can we use these words the vital has distorted them already and created a mess out of everything and at the center is the aspiration that's what i was saying in a marriage in a typical every relationship at the center there should be aspiration about friendship at one place the mother says who is our best friend she says the best friend is someone who connects with us in our deepest part but does not but leaves us to be uh, whatever we are you know leaves us otherwise now this is something very interesting the best friend connects with the deepest aspect in us most of these best friends don't even know what is going on inside us so how can they be best friend and she says many of the uh, we have an understanding that a friend is somebody with whom we can do all the kinds of stupidities because the vital likes it all the fun the joy the nothing wrong with that but can't be best friend friend is okay fun partner is okay but we must understand that each of these relations has its own garima who is the best friend best friend who understand that what my deepest aspiration is and really encourages it supports it if at all one can strengthens it if it's possible prays for that part but doesn't put a stress on the outer thing to change if because that's why future of all relationship is friendship because uh, ultimately that's where we give spaces in our togetherness you know as kaliji bran says otherwise uh, two people living together in the same uh, house it's all going to change world is going to change drastically not because of corona but in spite of corona also because of corona because people have to now discover a deeper form now the whole restructuring is going on and this concept of uh, just being together in the same house sharing the same room this is going to go away there will be instead a much deeper relationship a deeper bond which we can't even imagine right now because we can't imagine that two people can be separated in time and space and yet there can be a much deeper bonding of love and uh, when that is there life becomes very beautiful but the other aspect is there that uh, love also wants to be all encompassing it's not enough that it remains disembodied inside in some deeper aspect and that's where the difference is that when it is here and then it spreads outward then it is beauty you see the difference when there is the core aspiration there are two people who are together like one single flame moving upwards and then their thoughts they share and then their feelings they exchange and then even bodily and in the life of sensations they unite and come together it's very different from two people starting from the other end where they may or may not reach that point if they reach that point it's wonderful life is a journey and an evolutionary journey so a relationship that doesn't evolve to this deeper psychic and a spiritual state can either become encrusted within the fixed framework or if one person goes beyond there is every likelihood of a rupture which will take place and perhaps that's what is necessary and then relationships can be based upon a still greater beyond the mind in a deeper spiritual union what is the deeper spiritual union it's a union of higher consciousness where i mean the only example i can say where there is perfect understanding if you want perfect understanding it's there you don't have to speak a word I mean, Mother and Shirobindo, it's just so beautiful. Uh, she says if people saw us speaking, then they would wonder, "Ki what is? What are they speaking?" Because Shirobindo would say, 
a word, a few words. He was always, he wrote so much. But he was literally a man of few words, if you want to put it like that. But he wrote so much. But she would understand not just the words. See, what happens when we live in that higher state? Normally, we understand the words and take them at their face value. And then what happens? Tumne ye kaha tha. You said this. Oh, no, no, you said this. You said this first. And there is this tussle on words. What does the scripture say? Go beyond the word. Shabda Brahmati Vartate. What is important is not word. It is the state of consciousness. And this state of consciousness at the surface level within this lower hemisphere is always in a state of disharmony. It is the inner disharmony that gets projected onto words. So even words come said with the best of intentions because we are living in a uh, you know lesser framework where there is division. We are living in this framework where there is the forces of division, ignorance, they are very active. So even something said with a good intention will create problems. Whereas when you start living in a higher um, hemisphere, if not hemisphere, higher states of consciousness, the beauty is, first of all, uh, you develop a very generous and wide understanding of life because these hemisphere, these higher states are very wide. The, the lower we go, the narrower we become. The more all this possessiveness, this dominance, these jealousies, these hatreds, these pricks of lusts, followed by deep states of inconscience, all this is not there. There is union, but of a different kind. Whereas in the higher states, as we ascend, there is wideness, there is peace, there is harmony by its nature. See, once we understand the hierarchy of consciousness, so beautiful. The higher states by their nature are beautiful and harmonious. So anybody dwelling in those states cannot but be in a state of harmony and bring that power of harmony. At one place, mother says, how do you heal disorder? She says, you may try it while staying in disorder. It's like two people in the court in Kichad, mud and mire, which is pulling them downward. And they are both saying, I will help you, I will help you. And both are sinking below. Till they reach this deep and then one of them says that let's call someone else out there. You cannot. It is going to sink deeper and deeper. Whereas in the higher states, he says what is important is if you are in a state of disorder and disharmony, simply call the forces of harmony and order. Call peace. Again, just like the deeper aspiration we have not connected, we have never learned these things. Very unfortunate. We go through an entire schooling, so many today's teachers day. I don't remember a single teacher. That's why when people compare teachers with masters and gurus, I find it very, you know, abominable because teachers have given us information. We are grateful for that, for whatever they have done. What does a guru does? He gives us things which are of eternal value. First time when I read, I am sharing a personal experience that mother says, call peace, it is above your head. Shurabindu says, and you can call peace, you can call wideness, you can call light. It was like an ah explosion. And my first experience of contact with peace was that it is something so massive, solid. And it can radiate into the atmosphere, it can calm down things, it can even quieten animals who are wild. Human beings will take a little longer. That's a different matter altogether because <laughs> animals are very receptive. But, but this is the way. If we are caught up in a fight, in a quarrel, just call peace in that atmosphere. Step back and contact with the divine presence. Don't be dragged into the mud and mire. It will only pull both down. I'm sure this experience everybody has. 
टू आवर्स ऑफ डिस्कशन लिविंग बोथ हार्ट शैटर्ड टोन बिट्स एंड पीसेस श्रेडेड नेक्स्ट दिस इज सॉरी और समटाइम दे आर वाइज एन ऑफ सेम डे दिस इज सॉरी डोंट स्लीप विद ग्रज हाँ इट विल हार्म यू बिकॉज सॉरी इट्स ओके एटलीस्ट यू नो बट इट इज नॉट दैट विच इज रिक्वायर्ड The real thing is to understand that in this zone, in this domain, as long as we remain what we are within this lower realm, there is no way we can have harmony and beauty and light and love. Once we understand this, then the focus shifts. Focus shifts upon evolving. As we evolve, everything changes. Relationships change. Why? Because we begin to embody harmony, wideness, compassion. We look upon people's mistakes not as you know oh they are like this they are meaning uh, they are wanting to hurt me no nobody wants to hurt anyone consciously i mean that's too bad that's real vindictiveness with most people it is that they are like that they can't help it and they are like that because they are living in a small framework of nature and what is worse is they don't want to come out what do you do with that the least we can do is to understand that okay leave him there let him be happy but keep on soaring upward and deeper so shift this whole thing and the another aspect which shobindo gives about relationship actually with this whole world a very very interesting thing he speaks about sacrifice it's there in the gita so sacrifice means uh, it's of course uh, it it means two things together one is the law of sacrifice means that whatever you may give whether it's a relationship or work or any other sphere what you will receive is not necessarily from here or there from this or that person but you will receive from the one because it goes to the one at one place mother says what is love she says uh, love is not this not this not this it's not heart hunger for affection it's not sexual intercourse it's not the minds you know seeking for this she says love is a mighty vibration from the one which goes through one system to the one in another system the original truth masks it must come from the divine and go to the divine in that person and then she says very few are strong enough and wide enough to receive it and express it it requires tremendous strength see what is taught in our culture love is a weakness sentimentality maybe but love is so strong who can express love you need tremendous strength it's much easier to fight but much more difficult to embody love it requires a great strength a great wideness great compassion all these things come together so the law of sacrifice means that it's not from this or that person we should expect but expectation should be only from the one very often people say no i shouldn't have expectations people come and use this term i have realized that i shouldn't uh, love with expectation so i ask them so what do you do with your expectations <laughs> Now, if you don't know the trick, you will end up putting those expectations somewhere else on someone else, and end up in the same imbroglio. Mother gives a very simple remedy. She says, as far as you are concerned, you will seek all that you want from the divine. He is infinite and universal. Even if nobody gives you anything back. you have an access to the infinite you don't have to think oh see this person i loved so much this i love is gone you may use it for the sake of you know an expression but you are receiving so much in abundance that even if you were giving 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 you will never exhaust because it's coming from there so we have to learn that 
connect with the source of love and we will never feel a need then even if we don't i mean we don't have to then consciously try not to expect it will be inbuilt our nature not to expect because see when we are receiving that infinite sweetness why would we want a mixed up <laughs> because that is something so much better so she gives us this remedy that connect with the infinite now this is where the law of sacrifice comes that regardless of who is with us see this is the difference between attachment and love attachment is something which belongs to the ego domain but love is something which where we know it is a universal power we can direct it personally but it the power itself is universal so the law of sacrifice means that regardless of who we are loving or who is in our contact we should always remember that we are just trustees and we love the person not for the sake of the person but for the sake of the divine in that person if we have that impression never will be defile or hurt or you know torment somebody because whom are we throwing all this upon upon the divine how can we do that whatever be the mask this we will not do hatred all this kind of you know darkness which we throw so we must deal with that that whether it's children wife husband friends they're all masks and this one aspect of it but the other aspect of yagya is again purification we may start with very crude emotions but we can purify them with the touch of the psychic flame with the touch of the higher consciousness we should keep on purifying our emotions till they reach that degree of refinement you see refinement has its flip side by the way because we become very finely tuned to the slightest stir and vibration this is one of the problem of evolution and this is remedy to it which people don't understand some people say oh you are you know they are hard hearted it doesn't matter to them what is happening in the world around but when you evolve you go through a stage of refinement where your instrument becomes very finely tuned so even the slightest err registers upon it what is the remedy remedy is not to become too touchy well you will go through that phase but the remedy is to become more impersonal this is the remedy to become more universal to become more impersonal and the more we do it the more we will find the real solution so these are some of the challenges that we are going to encounter and finally you know when we speak about relationship you must understand it's very all relationships are shadows of the original truth which is elsewhere so very often people speak about that you know we are humanizing god i said yes that's an old story how about divinizing man see so when we speak about humanizing god we project our human qualities onto him which is true we say oh he gets angry so there are people who ask me will mother punish me will she get angry i said if she would do that then world will collapse <laughs> mother at one place says my child if justice were to manifest none of you will be able to stand she says it doesn't matter what you do i always try to bring out the best out of the worst always try to create harmony she changes constantly to help us keep pace with our evolutionary journey she goes on to say even those who have revolted and gone away from me even i hold myself responsible for them so this is the kind of love that develops in us through our contact with her that's why 
it is said that if you really want that intensity and eternity of union it is only possible with the divine that's why there comes a phase in life when one must leave aside everything and just focus on bhakti for the divine because then we get the purest soul then we understand what true love is we are looking in the wrong place we are going to a market where only alu pyaaj is sold tasty stuff but stinks and smells later on in the sweat and the mouth <laughs> and we are going to the onion vendor and saying bhaiya hira hai aapke paas what he will do pick up a stone weighing stone and say <laughs> because it's made of glass and if we are fools we'll buy it give him some money and we'll think i have got hira till somebody who knows the real diamond will tell us it's throw it away it's not not hira don't live in an illusion that's how nature works so that's why stage comes in life and i think it is very important that first we should aspire see what is bhakti it comes very interestingly and one can you know bhakti normally we connect to the divine but it comes from the root bhaj what is bhaj is not just uniting it is about joy you take joy when we take joy in the divine then it is bhakti bhakti is nothing to do with i read a certain hymn i go to a certain temple but my mind is elsewhere it is taking joy and rasa in something else or somebody else when we begin to take joy in the divine actually it is a little bit of the joy that divine pours into us someone once asked me that why does the divine want us to love him i said no excuse me he is not bothered <laughs> but he pours so much love into us all the time a day comes when it spills over and reaches out to him it wants to connect with its source because he is the one who is originally giving love so if we want really love and harmony to manifest in our life first let us turn to him and when we turn to him not out of disappointment and disillusionment that can be a starting point but usually it's a bad starting point because when people turn to god because they are disillusioned with life god will wear another mask and come and he'll say okay see i am the one <laughs> so <laughs> turn to the divine and then when the lonely heart begins to seek the alone then we will discover whatever else we need in life whether it be friend companion in whatever way is given to us because that's how the divine consciousness operates but seeking should be for the divine there should be no ambiguity about it so otherwise our human love can become a veil that's why people have been so careful in their pursuit of the divine that human love can become a veil because we are expected to give to the divine now this divine is not only here he is in the whole creation so even when we give to someone it should be with this clear idea that we are giving to the eternal in that person so it is never lost otherwise it can just become something else that was the idea behind even treating the person whom you really love as a god or a goddess you know that famous story it touches me very much uh, of shri ramakrishna paramahansa that when he married what does he tell uh, shardama in the you know first time that they are together alone he says you want to be mother of one child few children or the world mother and she pauses for a while and says world mother then he bows at her feet and says ma so now you know this relationship of a higher kind is all encompassing in mind we have frames 
what is frames and we see nature breaks those frames and they are very disconcerting so frames are this is my mom this is my teacher this is my husband this my wife this my sister this my friend this my child but divine everything is there within him we can relate with him as a teacher as a friend as a playmate as a master as a beloved as a paramour as a husband or wife as a child he is the offspring of our desires when we are intensely aspiring for him then he is born into us as a child as a great gift so when we connect with that then even our relations tend to become that universal so then for instance coming back finally to the teachers day then we discover that everything can teach us then we discover that everything holds the smile of the beloved you look at the sun and you feel that it's your beloved you look at the moon and say oh my beloved is you know wearing this ghungat all wrapped in uh, kali ghata <laughs> the night moon and you can see that it's you look at a flower and you feel the beloved everything speaks of that beloved you see the master everywhere because always we can learn and such a person will easily become the servant of all he doesn't have that ego he or she oh no it's below my dignity because you can find you see this uh, the master why not anybody you become the diligent serf of all it's a different state of consciousness that's why it's very difficult to understand people who live in you know these higher states because they don't conform to any standard frame or format so origin is there when we learn things from there then we can apply it here but we do the reverse so how does the divine love us he has infinite patience infinite compassion infinite understanding even i would say infinite indulgence at a human level we say too much love will spoil love never spoils it is the problem of the vessel it's unable to receive it rightly but does it mean we should stop loving no we should continue to love because that still is what is going to heal so when we have that original through bhakti when we begin to come in contact then we understand what is a true teacher what are the ways of that true teacher what is a true friend what is a true playmate what is a divine beloved you see even shurbindu godan to say paramour now what is a paramour it's very interesting you are married to somebody but you love someone else say paramour secretly and then shurbindu tells in one of his aphorism this world was perfectly created so that we can love the divine paramour we are bound to the world through duty and obligation but all our secret love is always towards the divine beloved and paramour you see that's how life can be so even that relation he can fulfill while we are engaged with everybody outwardly like draupadi five husbands but she is a sati in her heart she has only krishna she knows that doesn't matter he is the one i will come and meet me whenever i want because that is the kind of bond so this is how we have to understand people often think that we have to leave the world no there is a stage when we have to connect with the divine because when we connect with the divine then we can connect with the world truly so we close with this small little thought that if we really want to engage with the world in a true way 
not only relationship between human beings but with bird and plant and beast and stone and minerals and rivers and trees and sun and moon and galaxies and stars and gods and titans everyone the first necessity is to connect with the one and not the many when we find the one reconnect with the many on the basis of the one and then life will grow beautiful relationships will grow beautiful and all will disclose the manifold wonder and ananda of the one so this is um, the thought and then any questions we can take yes namaste i'll just i'll just put on my earphones to listen yes yes please yes yes yeah, yeah absolutely so detached indifference uh, they are all different words you know and impersonal simply means that we don't appropriate anything as our own so normally we when we speak about person we speak about a personality and the ego framework through which we operates now what impersonal means is that when somebody let's say practically when love is flowing from our heart into everybody then this thought that it's me who is loving you remember don't forget me who is loving you that is not there because it's the impersonality that love in its vastness which is flowing through a channel which is very personal the channel gives the imp- because it will flow through a personality and the more um, our personality you know some people have a manifold personality very complex personality because of evolution which is wonderful because then the love also is like that that's why shri krishna continues to fascinate uh, everyone till date because of the many sidedness now this is indication of the complexity of evolution and yet the source of love is from that universal one so you don't appropriate it similarly when things come to you thank you sir oh you are so wonderful you don't start getting puffed up oh so nice you know i am really i must be wonderful <laughs> and then uh, your husband or wife will say the next moment uh, i know what people say but i know you can be very this or that now you know or a friend can pass on a remark to you now when we are living in the illusion of personality this the this the whole thing then our relationships become they look very personal because you know the vital gives the charm and the ego but they are very fragile but when we look in uh, live in the impersonality even then they will seem personal but there will be so much abundance that the i mean anyone who has loved him personally will feel what that impersonal love is and the classic example is shurbindo and the mother's love see if you look at shurbindo he is sitting with that you know infinity life divine and all this <laughs> but people who had even one glance of him they can't forget they can't think of anyone else in that place everybody else is there but what is that look through one look he could pour that love inside a human being so this is one so when it is said detached it means detached from our ego self 
ego operating system we should learn to detach and discover the soul operating system or the spirit operating system or the dos the divine operating system the ego operating system will bring unhappiness so detachment is from the ego from that which is low from all that is you know shubhendra puts it very beautifully he says there is nothing to be discarded except the band of the soul's enemies whose names are lust and wrath and jealousy and greed because they fear insecurities because they spoil the real thing but the true truth of love that must remain so detachment means detachment from the lower and the lesser or if possible transmute it into something which is higher and better and more purer and more beautiful that's all that it means indifference is of course a different thing altogether surely indifference has nothing to do with love indifference we can have towards many things indifference is a kind of defense mechanism which is uh, sometimes helpful when you are in very uh, disturbing circumstances and one has not yet discovered that inner self then indifference helps us to endurance helps us to navigate through life to learn to endure to learn to be indifferent is necessary at a certain stage of evolution otherwise life will become very difficult it leads to a state of equanimity wide equanimity but equanimity is the basis for something greater to pour in of course for those who are mokshvadin who want to only vanish into the inane the ineffable infinite they will say that yes love and all this relationship has no meaning so they have used this as a door of exit but for the yoga of transformation the ground from where i, I am speaking and coming uh, which is my aspiration also that this world should become perfect it only means that we leave the lesser and the imperfect for the higher and the more perfect that's all it means so detachment is from that which is uh, soiling us to that which is more beautiful and impersonality is getting rid of the illusion of personality and opening to the universal current where our personality becomes only a conduit or a channel for it to pour yes sorry yes please uh, ananya you had a question ananya you raised hand sorry i i sorry my bad can you hear me now yes yes hi thank you for this very wonderful talk I have a couple of questions. My first question is about sangati. So, how in our culture, as I understand it, we call a certain kind of company which enables our upliftment in our togetherness as sangati. So, how do we identify those company in our lives, and how do we seek out such individuals? Wonderful. So, shall I answer this first? Then we can take the second question. so yeah so the original term about uplifting is satsang and of course sangati is also a good word sangati literally means that we are moving together okay sangati whereas satsang is the company of truth so satsang can be not necessarily in a group satsang can be alone when we are sitting in the company of let us say a book like savitri or ramayana or you know the gita we are through the book because the book is embodying that consciousness we are in the having satsang with sri krishna and it's so beautiful it is original sense of satsang whereas when human beings come together invariably they bring a mixture 
you know i was reading yesterday shobindo says in the with regard to the ashram that there are two kinds of atmosphere one is the divine because of the tapasya of shobindo and the mother and the other is human the human tends to veil so you know the common understanding of satsang is that you know people get together but if you go to the origin it used to be a guru at the center and there are people who are around him but if that is not the case then people could come together uh, or even if nobody is there be in the company of the lord through the book now the principle behind it is this that all contacts physical or otherwise are only a spark to enter into the consciousness as ultimately all contact truly is a contact of consciousness all transactions are at the end of the day transactions of consciousness so if through a book not all books but through a book we can enter into a contact with the consciousness which is embodied in a book or the consciousness of the author and so we are in company i have felt like that i have read shurbindo's works like that people would often say they are difficult but i always used to feel that i am sitting with shurbindo and the mother and it's so beautiful because you know it's their work and they are in it and often i would feel like that that sure bindu who is there and it's so beautiful so this is satsang of course people can come together but the key there is whether sangati or satsang is the common aspiration what is our highest find out such people now the rarer your aspiration the rarer fewer the people will be so this idea that there will be many friends with whom one can you know meet do ha ha is it doesn't work out it it speaks rather poorly so when we start living in in something deeper then we should seek that kind of company surely and there are people like that and how do we seek it the simplest way is to just intensify your aspiration and you will be led if it is necessary otherwise now there are so many platforms i am not much uh, you know um i don't know whether it's a good thing or not because it contains so much mixture uh, there are some centers where people go but they said problem is they all tend to after a while because of the human prominence they tend to degenerate like what used to happen in temples people come together and then they discuss sas bahu and uh, mosques much worse because you know people are discussing how to blow up cities i'm not saying all but you know in general or in churches you go people are very nice gentlemanly they are praying to god they come out and they are looking for a smoke and so it's hardly places to truly have that vibration are very rare but still they exist and if one can sit together in quietude together and maybe you know share some beautiful things it's very good if one can find it but if not then always there is the company of the lord and it's wonderful to have his company you'll never feel alone it will never happen <laughs> in fact sure uh, the way to kind of identify um, such people uh, who can provide that sangati you have to invest no, time and yeah time. no nothing you have to invest time and energy only in one thing if people have to come they will come invest time and energy only in the center keep make sure that the flame of aspiration the flame of truth the frame frame flame of true love that remains burning alak niranjan that dhuni keep on investing time and energy in the divine and since the divine is everywhere and in all beings if he wants that you should have a company he will provide because he he can do anything and everything but let it be 
on that basis the moment the ego seeks there is every likelihood of mixtures coming in so from that divine point of view otherwise there are all kinds of ways so only intensify the aspiration and connection with the divine that's the only thing required all else will happen it is working from top down or from within outward circumstances circumstances will arrange themselves people will come books will come places will change based on this deeper need but if you try to do it mentally as you rightly said it is next to impossible and can be dangerous i know people who seemingly are walking on the same path you know people have this illusion i have seen they want to get married and they say you know i want somebody who is walking on the same path so i caution them it's dangerous you know, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you will still end up fighting because it has nothing to do with the same path human nature is same so it's not about the same path it's about love and the quality of love so you keep growing in that divine consciousness and the rest will happen automatically the law of circumstances is that they are a clumsy way all circumstances are a clumsy way of um, expressing what is happening inside us so correct this here get the center right and everything will arrange itself center should be correct it should be in the right place so uh, so there are quite a few questions on the soulmate So yes, can you elaborate on soulmate? Yeah. How yeah, do we yeah. align with the soul of our partner? And yeah, yeah. Uh, when we talk about aligning with the soul, can we align with multiple souls or just one soulmate? Ah, very good question. I didn't touch upon it. I I knew somebody will ask it. <laughs> First about the soulmate. Let's get that clear. Again, don't try to find a soulmate. Find your soul, and the mate will come. <laughs> i am not joking i am saying something which you know one can experience it in life so thus the mate will come when the soul is ready if you try to find artificially this question was asked to shirobindo about marriage and shakti and it's good that this term has come at least people understand there is something like a soulmate and i am very happy about it that this seeking has come so nothing wrong with the seeking but one must know the correct way because if you end up finding the wrong person it can be devastating all our mental instruments are not equipped to find truth let's start with that all our calculations including astrologers including questions you know i have seen people if they want to get married they will and it's both men and women they will start giving you answers which will make you feel ki this is the right person it's a very subconscious process let me caution so you ask what are your you know interests that's how people ask so if the person has already decided either the person loves you or whatever so he will start telling you the same interests which are yours i have seen people even they you know bring to pondicherry and see how and say oh it's wonderful but i can see that the person is very uncomfortable but because they want to get married and be together and they have no choice so this is not a way in a marriage for the inferior uh, <laughs> hemisphere in which we are living think about love make love beautiful and keep growing toward the divine this is the practical thing try to make love more beautiful more divine more heavenly and keep growing towards truth if soulmate has to come he or she will come not necessarily in the format of marriage the outer the higher hemisphere doesn't work in formats 
This is our human conception. Institutions are going to break down. There are people I know who have such a deep, uh, you know, whatever you call it as soulmate, but it has nothing to do with marriage. It has even nothing to do with lust. It may express itself in countless ways. So, the condition for the true soulmate is, this is what Sri said. And it's very interesting. Complete conquest over desires, which means step out of the vital and the ego zone. Who is, who can say, yes sir, I am ready. As long as we are driven by lust, Love is still out of the window. Lust is there. I am not saying that one should develop guilt or things. Lust is there. It's part of human nature. The need, but if you go behind lust, what is it? It's the need for a physical union. Now this physical union should be an expression of a deep inner union. That even in the body, it's an imperfect sign. But still it is there. It should not be the other way around. When the outer overpowers the inner, then there is a problem. But when the inner uses the outer as an expression, then there is beauty. So this difference we must know. So keep pressing toward the inner and the higher and the outer will automatically in whatever way, it will become probably just a little token act. So it will express itself in a certain way. But we have to come out of this format about soulmate. So don't look for soulmate, look for soul and the mate will come if you need it at a point of time when you need it. Okay. <laughs> so this is one way. Second is the multiple soulmate. There is, it's not soulmate, that's a different term. Multiple partners. Nowadays this is something new and this is happening because of the complexity of evolution. Because unlike uh, very simple um, you know, human being where not many layers of evolution have come in. So as we go through rebirth, many layers and many personalities get added to us. Now all these personalities seek their own fulfillment, which is not possible in one human being. And frankly, it's a very tall order that the other person... Now imagine if somebody is, uh, you know, uh, interested in sports, literature... Poetry, philosophy, music, singing, dancing, uh, name a few more and you know, how will you find all the fulfillment in one human being? Now because of the inherent complexity and the many-sided need, there is a tendency nowadays of having, I won't use the word multiple partner, but friendships of a varied kind, which is very much going with the age, but yet you would want one person in whom you can completely, uh, you know, relate and connect. It is only possible if you discover your own center where all these parts are integrated. If there is no integration of our complex nature around the soul, we will be like scattered beings. So there will be a fun partner, there will be another kind of partner, there will be a third partner, there will be other and it will create a chaos in life. So, while friendship is alright, we have friendship with many people and, you know, it's, it's understandable of different kinds. But if you really want, truly, the word used was soul partners, you can have a possibility of one soul partner if your own nature is beautifully integrated with your own soul. Which means all these tendencies, music, sports, literature, all these are centered around the soul. And then when you have a soul partner, you will not need the need to share with somebody this or that. Because anyways, they are integrated with your soul. They are centered around it. So music has become a means to, you know, uh, express um, that 
inner truth inside us and everything else so but we are going through a stage we will go through a stage where every person who is gone complex enough will have multiple partners this is something which uh, and naturally because especially in a uh, man woman relationship if there is closeness uh, physical tends to come in it's a unfortunate uh, drag on it's not needed it should not be there but it comes in it's very because of the kind of society we live in it's a phase of evolution otherwise ultimately it'll become more of friendship where you have many friends and there is nothing wrong in it but they can't be called as soul partners soul mate is one there can be soul partners in the sense what uh, i think was already told uh, souls which are having a common aspiration this is all of us are soul partners isn't it on the web we are all deep inside we are all connected we may write to each other or not but there is a deep sense of uh, uh, belongingness the deep sense of oneness with everyone isn't it that's why when i think uh, sakshi had approached me uh, so it was like yes of course because it's not like it's a and even doesn't matter i have seen people even after 20 years you meet you feel ki you are the same you know know each other you you may not have exchanged a single uh, mail that is the sign of friendship and yet you feel that yes here is my true family so that the right word for that will be true family so yes true family if you find it very good but if you are attached to the families of origin forget about it children of the same family rarely dwell under the same roof so we have to that's why detachment is important because if you are investing all the time in our uh, you know physical vital and mental family by mental family i mean your colleagues at work who are sharing intellectual pursuits uh, emotional family with those whom we are outwardly emotionally attached or physical family with those whom we are living if you are investing in every time in them then where will we find the true family true family is there a family of common aspiration and when people it may not be same path same aspiration aspiration for a beautiful world people may be on the same path but their aspiration may be very different so when we have such a thing that there are people who have a same aspiration let's say terrestrial perfection you see when they meet together how beautiful it is because it's a common aspiration they share so again we go back to the same thing find the soul and the soul family will begin to appear find the soul don't take it for granted we take it for granted when we use the word soul mate i ask people that have you found the soul before we deserve a soul mate so find the soul that is task enough mate will come <laughs> when the time comes yes so uh one maybe last question sir what is the nature of intensity in the evolutionary relationship oh it grows intensity in an evolutionary relationship it's a very very uh, wonderful question so as i said have you noticed when you suddenly feel very intense when something new comes you know the vital suddenly takes interest that is one reason why relationships tend based on the vital tends to give way after a point of time why because uh, the charm is lost because vital is always looking for newness but how to create newness that is the secret of intensity now one is one technique which is a technique not a good thing is that people say keep hiding something you know this uh, old time trick 
डोंट रिवील एवरीथिंग ऑफ योर सेल्फ सो देर इज ऑलवेज ए फीलिंग की कुछ तो है कुछ तो है इट क्रिएट्स द सेंस ऑफ न्यूनेस एंड देयर फॉर द इंटेंसिटी बिल्ड्स अप दिस वॉज द बेसिस बिहाइंड ओल्ड टाइम यू नो दैट यू नो इवेंट टोल्ड टू गर्ल्स एंड टू बॉयज स्पेशली टू गर्ल्स दैट यू नो डोंट जस्ट कंप्लीटली open yourself fully because then after a while if it is vital the intensity will go away this was a very practical advice because men are unfortunately like that but the correct way is not this the correct way is to keep on evolving so there will be newness every day will be as should be in the say something very beautiful in savitri each day was a spiritual romance so how to create it let me let me give a practical example so whole day when two people are together what do they discuss what happened today what happened today so if there is something new then but every day you can't have everything new no there will be some after some time it becomes routine so how to create newness you enter into another world altogether what dream with children this works very well even in relationship when people start sharing dreams when they say you know what i had a fleeting glimpse today i saw an image then even trivial things start disclosing something as i was passing by have you seen how two relationships when they start sharing every detail of life uh, it may sound very trivial but it has a deep sense you are passing by and you suddenly pick up a picture and it touches you very deeply and whether you take a photograph or not that's not important but you share the feeling the impression that you have because life is constantly pouring itself each moment in new ways it is disclosing ourselves like that and if we can share it with somebody obviously you can share it only with somebody who is receptive supposing you say you know what happened today i was passing by a dog and i suddenly you know felt looking at the dog i had a great disclosure and the person says this fellow is again in his you know cranky mood then it won't be there because you know <laughs> so this newness is important for intensity to be reborn literally each moment but each moment is not easy each day may be difficult but at least as often as you can so let me use a symbolic example what bonds two people together when they are fighting they say have a child isn't it common example what really is an offspring offspring is actually the fusion of two energies here it takes the physical form but it can take the form of many other aspects so truly speaking if we have these newnesses of self taking birth as a result of meeting of two people you will see that the intensity is unfading this is one way and the second is to connect again to the same thing through the source because the divine will disclose himself in countless ways i i mean literally i can say that each day mother says it beautifully she says every day we have several windows opening to the infinite but we miss it why because we are opening the cell phone all the time we are busy with the whatsapp we are missing those divine moments it's a very unfortunate thing so one of the things is if you really want to keep up intensity please keep the whatsapp regulate your time only this time i will see you'll miss out on the intense things which are happening inside you will miss out on the moment of going within and i have seen people sharing this that you know today i had a quiet time to reflect and i felt very beautiful 
This is intensity. Intensity is not only... So pe- people when they don't have it, they try to create newness in other ways. Okay, let's go to a new restaurant, let's try out a new food. But that's a very ignorant way and because we are in the realm of the finite, it won't last long. Whereas if we enter the realm of the infinite, then we will have constant newness in life. As we grow, we look upon life and our partner in a new way and it will be so wonderful. So again, keep growing and keep opening to the infinite. We will have newness all the time and this newness will create intensity. It will engage us, otherwise it tends to pitter out. The psychic has a very, very deep intensity. It's not always, it's, we have a mistake in thinking vital has an intensity. Vital intensity is like this. It rises like this, two days down. After that it's all flat curve. But psychic intensity is like a steady flame. Vital is like a, like a spot and then it pitters out like a pataka, the display, you know, in the sky momentarily. But psychic is like a quiet flame that steadily grows and it keeps burning impurification. So it will always be engaged with how to make things more beautiful, love more beautiful, how, how even to care for the person whom you love in new ways. So you will constantly be engaged with new forms of expression and take joy and hence intensities will keep on growing. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we can close. Yeah. Anukta, there are a lot of messages thanking you. He's saying that it was very insightful, very touching, guiding and, and a very illuminating talk. So thank you so much. Thank you for this wonderful opportunity and thank you for sharing. Okay. Thank you. And with a minute of silence. Uh, Yes, uh, the silence before that, a common aspiration that may true love and true harmony and true beauty of relationships grow in us.